0: The Free for All Roundtable.
1: Round two. On round two, let's say good morning to Bob Reed, the guy who created Touchdowns and Fumbles, also a principal at BroadwayStrategy.com. Kareem Asad is here, Toronto lawyer, and Tamara Cherry with Pickup Communications, author of the recently published The Trauma Beat, a case for rethinking the business of bad news. It's, it is 847. So let's begin the discussion. And I think we have to start with um, the speaker's resignation. And maybe if we can advance the football a tiny bit. And having mentioned football, I guess maybe I'll turn first to Bob Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where do we go moving forward? Anthony Rota is done. We need to find a new speaker. But I don't think this drama is over.
0: No, I don't think so either. I think I think where it goes from here are the questions that are being asked around the process of a speaker's invitation to a special event in the House of Commons, and the staggering lack of scrutiny that goes around it. the The fact that anyone with a background like this man uh, could be invited to an event at the at the level of the visit of a uh, a foreign head of state, uh, without W- without what seems to be an obvious level of scrutiny of of background check of of double checking is there anything about this guy or anybody else who was in the chamber that day that should be known that could be something that could be a red flag. I mean, Pierre Polyev has said all you had to do was a Google search. I don't know if that's entirely true, but let's, let's take that at face value. That's certainly the, way, certainly the way it feels to most of us, that there was a, a fundamental base level of scrutiny that was not applied here at all just because, oh, the speaker wants this guy. So let's go with that.
1: Although Karima is sad, I can pretty well see how this probably unfolded, because every MP has some sort of quasi-celebrity people in their their riding, and they probably don't ask a lot of questions about how that person became publicly known. And then so the Speaker sponsors this guy because he's a World War II veteran, and it doesn't occur to anybody that he fought on the wrong side.
2: I think you're exactly right. Um, In fact... You know, this looks to be kind of an open source intelligence failure, where just it wasn't scratched below the surface. And it's quite easy for people's reputations to be, whether laundered or the way that they're presented in the media, Um, If anyone looks up this individual and and looks to see where he's been cited, uh, it's always been in a benign, positive, favorable light. So I think the real issue is no one got to page two of Google or did a supplementary search (laughs) to figure out exactly, you know, which division, what's going on here? And so that translated to a national embarrassment.
1: Yeah, and Tamara Cherry, I keep wondering, I mean, doesn't this guy have kids or grandkids who would have said, this is a really bad idea?
3: (laughs) I wonder, John, I don't know. I mean, maybe his kids or grandkids don't fully understand or maybe they support what he did during the war. Who knows? This is, I mean, I I believe entire, or I agree entirely with both uh, Bob and Karima's I think that, I mean, this isn't going away to the extent that they need to get to work quickly on analyzing how this happened and then come out quickly publicly and say, these are all the changes we're making to not only, excuse me, protect the security uh, of the House of Commons, but the integrity of the House of Commons so that we do not suffer this sort of international embarrassment again.
1: Kareem, I wanted to take advantage of you being here today. We've been very lucky in some of our panelists having an association with things that are in the news. Do you have any intelligence on what was going on at Queen's Park and why they had to block everything up? I mean, they brought in the the, the garbage trucks, city buses, uh, police and overtime. They're all still there, although it's open to traffic again. Does Does this have anything to do, for example, with the new iteration of a convoy that is headed to Ottawa trying to get Justin Trudeau arrested?
2: Something like that. So, for months, um, there has been talks and planning um, among, I would say, even the fringe of the fringe within sort of the convoy movement. And some of that talk is actually quite alarming, Um, and I believe that deliberate red herrings or misinformation are being put out to confuse police, to uh, keep their actual location secret as they plan to move. I don't think the numbers will be quite as strong as what they are purporting, um, but this is, you know, and within other people in the freedom movement, lots of concerns that, that the people involved in this are not scrupulous, and in fact, maybe laying a trap for everyone else. So lots of division and misinformation, uh, you know, regular day.
1: Yeah, well, we'll keep our eyes on that. It's quite a story to tell. Uh, Bob Reed. I don't even think fumble counts when it comes to what's going on with the Eglinton Crosstown. But today, finally, they'll break the silence they've had, which is like a Russian nuclear submarine gone dark. We haven't heard anything from Metrolinks. Going to have a presser this afternoon, and they're going to set a sort of window, a target of possible dates for the opening of the Crosstown.
0: Well, it's, it's a double fumble because, first of all, uh, a couple of months back, they announced that by the end of the summer, they would announce the opening date for the Crosstown. The end of the summer was a good week ago, so they're already late on... That one. <laughs> they're late on announcing the date of, of the late date that the thing is finally going to open, and it's not even going to be a date, as you say. It's going to yeah. be a, a, a range of possibilities. Well, if things go well in this department, then it, it could open on this time, or maybe it might be this time, or it might be that time. I mean, it, it just all smacks of Keystone Cops.
1: And Tamara Cherry, I mean, they're so behind schedule, you don't even live here anymore.
3: <laughs> that, and that is entirely the reason that I left. I was just it was uh, absolutely abhorrent, John. No, but seriously, I, I hope I i am able to tune into this news conference at one o'clock this afternoon because, man, the two Phil's who are supposed to be speaking there from Metrolink's CEO, Phil Verster and Phil Taverner, the project's vice president. I can only imagine the the lashing that they're gonna be taking from the media. And quite honestly, I am impressed that they're even getting in front of the cameras because what an absolute crap show. I was just <laughs> gonna say. sorry. This has been, my goodness.
1: And Karima, it's true. They could have, I guess, shot a video and put it online and avoided the questions. So it's gonna be a lively afternoon.
2: <laughs> yeah, the whole concept of an announcement of an announcement I know. still blows my mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, what do you folks make of, and Kareem, I'll start with you on this one again. Um, there's a group of uh, activists who have decided to take the case of Barry uh, banning people from giving things and money to homeless people. They're going to take it all the way to the UN. That seems like a bit of a stretch. I figured there are a few courts of appeal we could go to before we go to the UN.
2: Yeah. And as far as I understand it, um, these motions didn't actually pass. So it's not clear to me exactly in what context it's being taken to the UN, if they're appealing it, or if it's more to illustrate these are the types of laws and policies that criminalize homelessness that we are contending with in Canada, even if we're keeping it at bay. And this is what people need to be thinking about. So, I, if, if you know, if it's advocacy in that sense, probably fair game. But you know, the UN has no jurisdiction to make decisions about our laws.
1: And tomorrow, people have been sending me grab shots from Barry of these big billboards that tell people use this QR code to give to causes that will help the homeless. So, at the very least, they're taking a positive initiative
3: yes but like i honestly i have no i have no issue with them going to the un with this i think that it is entirely advocacy and as we've seen with the whole speaker of the house debacle when you get some national or international negative press stuff happens changes happen so you know we're we're dealing with literal lives on the line with the homelessness crisis that that we're facing in, right across Canada, and let's just point out that they didn't just go to the UN with what is happening in Barry, uh, but they had examples right right across Canada. People are dying every day from the drug poisoning epidemic, from you know, it just it, if municipalities are not taking care of their people, then I have no problem with advocates going out and and shouting from the rooftops. And let's just let's just paint a picture too of how absurd this is. The city of Barrie had uh, basically tried to put a bylaw into place that would criminalize anybody walking down the street and giving money to a, uh, an unhoused person sitting on the sidewalk. And they say, oh, it was not our intent to deter individual acts of kindness. But that's how they put it into the bylaw. So think be- think more, think more thoroughly, think better when it comes to addressing the homelessness issues. Otherwise, I have no problem with advocates. Going to
1: these lengths. Well, let me turn to uh, Bob Reed. And I was saying to the activists who joined us earlier on the show, this reminded me of people who used to go to um, Buckingham Palace and ask the Queen to try and figure out what was going on in Quebec
0: yeah and they did that for the same reason that uh, these activists are are doing this uh, it it's a pr touchdown for them i mean nobody's going to care if they went and presented their case at Barry city council or uh at, at at queens park or any other sort of you know lower level and as you rightly say john probably more appropriate route but man if you're going to the un and if you can get a reaction out of the UN commenting on Canada and its its attitudes uh reflected in in laws or proposed laws on uh, on this this area of of social policy Wow, that's going to get some attention, and it's already been done. Uh,
1: let's circle back to the controversy in Ottawa, and Poland's education minister says he would like to, or he plans, or he has taken steps to extradite the uh, Canadian Nazi in question. Uh, Tamara, Lisa Rate was on with us earlier, the former cabinet minister, and she said this is all political posturing, ain't going to happen.
3: Of course it's political posturing. This is This is the Polish government putting themselves on the news map when you know when everything is hitting the fan in canada i doubt that this would happen they're not going to extradite this 98 year old man Um, at this. It's just, it is not going to happen, but it is um, good PR for them. And
1: Bob, it's a great way to deflect from the fact that there is some kind, uh, occasionally equal controversy in Poland about their role in, you know, the role of some Poles. I always choose my words carefully because I'm going to get a complaint, but their role in the Holocaust and their collaboration at times with the Nazis.
0: I suppose so, but uh, this is, you know, th- this was an international incident that happened in our, our House of Parliament, and uh, the affected parties around the world, organizations from, you know, B'nai B'rith to, to everyone else, uh, are, uh, are are responding to it, so it doesn't surprise me that the Polish government, or, or uh, a minister within it, is is saying, why don't we see about prosecuting this guy? I mean, that, that was the, the initial question that a A lot of Canadians asked, hey, if we've got a a Nazi Uh, associated with World War II atrocities living in our country, why is there no action being taken against him? And and the answer is there was a a royal commission that looked into all of these matters back in the 80s and said, yeah membership in this group wasn't enough to be an indictable offense, so uh, we're taking a pass on it. So here's somebody in Poland saying, well I'm not just gonna let this lie. We're gonna call it there because
1: we're at a racetrack, but my thanks to Kareem Assad, Tamara Cherry, and Bob Reed. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.